Welcome, everyone. You are listening to Truth in Christ Radio, the Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with Senior Pastor Rob Kellogg. But I want to encourage you when you fall into trials, and you know, we do, remember that it's for a purpose. It's a putting to the proof. Again, God knows. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to go through. And He's already given you grace to deal with whatever it is. I believe that when we are saved, when we're born again, that God gives us in that one single moment everything that we could possibly ever need. And it's just in germ form. It's very small and microscopic. Everything we need right there on the spot. Today on Truth in Christ, God gives us endurance to defeat our trials. Our Christian life is not an easy walk to achieve. As Pastor Rob continues in James chapter 1, he explains how some trials will be a form of discipline from our Heavenly Father. However, even though He disciplines us, we must remember it is for our good that He does this. He not only is able to direct our steps with His discipline, but also teach us and bring us to maturity in our faith. Lord, thank You for Your involvement in our lives by helping us grow in our faith. Let's listen to Pastor Rob's teaching for today. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3, you can just write this down, verse 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, these I have counted lost for Christ. Yet, indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Savior, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. Notice this. This is prayer. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. So Paul was very familiar with this sort of thing. And don't be discouraged, too, because you're, we've said this before, you're either in a trial, about to go into a trial, or you're coming out of a trial, and they're just part of, of the deal. In First Peter chapter 4, and verse 12, Peter says this to the believers. He says, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. If you are reproached for the name of Christ, blessed are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. On their part he is blasphemed, but on your part he is glorified. 
But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer, as a busybody in some other, other people's matters. Yet if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. And I love that because if, you, if you're suffering because you've done wrong, you've got it coming. But suffering for the name of Christ is a whole different matter. And you know, when we get to heaven and we see him face to face, you know, there are crowns that are going to be giving out, that, that Jesus is going to give out. It may not seem like a big deal to us now, but the rewards that we know of in the Bema Seat judgment, as, as, as it's referred to, the judgment seat for Christians, not for salvation. But when we are there and we, we will be rewarded for those things, the things that you have suffered for the name of Christ, and they're going to mean a whole lot bigger of a deal. They're going to be that bigger of a deal to you then. But right now, for some reason, because we see through a glass darkly, we don't really measure those things that perhaps the way we ought to. So give thought to that as you go through different, different things. And it's hard. You know, but Jesus wants to be with you in those trials, just as he was Daniel in the lion's den, just as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the, in the fiery flame. Jesus was with them, and he will be with you. But be with him, abide in him, as John exhorts us. Abide in him, and he will abide in you. How do you abide in someone that you don't spend time with? Get that priority right. I need to do that too, because I'm just as distracted as you are, and I have to fight it with everything I got. And James and Peter are telling us to be careful. But in verse 3, he says, Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, And really what that is, is a steadfast endurance. Steadfast endurance. It also enlarges us. You know, when you you are stretched beyond what you think you can handle. Have you ever been in a situation or something in your life where you feel like, man, I'm barely hanging on? Perhaps a death of a loved one. It could be a, a lost job. It could be health issues. Whatever it is, just whatever. And you just feel like you're brought right to the end, and you're like, God, I can't do any more. Maybe you're caring for a parent, and that parent is really difficult. And now in their twilight years, you're taking care of them, and you're sitting there thinking, I cannot clean another thing. I cannot do another thing. I'm at my wit's end. Those are the times that we need to rely on the Lord, and he enlarges us. I I liken it to a rubber band. Have you ever taken one of those big, thick rubber bands, and you stretch it? And it seems like it's, you know, and you stretch it as far as you can, and you hold it there right before it breaks, and then you let it go, and you keep doing it. You stretch that rubber band, and you keep doing that. You do that enough, and you know what happens to that rubber band? It starts to lose its elasticity. All of a sudden, instead of being so rigid, now it's a little more pliable, a little more liquid, a little more flexible, right? And think about what God is doing to us in all these trials, difficult things. You're a rubber band. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm looking out to a bunch of rubber bands. And I'm one too. He's stretching me. And he's stretching me so that when I get to the breaking point, I'm about ready to fall off the cliff. He goes, okay, it's enough for now. And then another week, another two weeks, another month goes by. He stretches me a little further. And I'm like, Lord, I can't go any farther. But it's a little farther than where he took me before. And all of a sudden, I'm realizing, God, you've got this. You've been with me before. You're going to be with me now. You bring me right to the edge where I'm just about ready to lose my mind. And God, you stretch me, and you stretch me, and I can't take it anymore. 
And then, are we surprised? Some years go by. Things happen. Something devastating happens. And instead of freaking out, running around like a chicken with its head cut off, you're like, okay. You're just peaced out. You've got peace in the middle of the storm. Right? When you see a Christian like that, you know that God has stretched them. He has done this right here. He has given them patience. This testing of your faith, it produces patience, a steadfast endurance. He's given it so that you can endure. It's like a, a school. It's a school. He's training us. He has to do it. Boy, is it painful. Don't be discouraged when you're stretched like that and thinking that God doesn't care. He doesn't love you. Lord, why would you allow this to happen to me? I can't understand it. I'm, I'm doing it so that you can have a steadfast endurance because days are coming that are going to be much harder than this. And if those days happen and I didn't prepare you, you would break. Your faith would be washed up. But God says, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm going to stretch you. You're going to feel like wanting to give up, but I will not fail you. Do you know that about the Lord? He will not fail you. You will fail but he will never fail. Isn't that what he says? To me, that's the hope. That's the thing that holds us together. You know, like I said before, and sometimes we may perceive, uh, we may think of, uh, we, we have a trial, but it's really just chastening. You know, turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12. Now, granted, there are trials within and trials without. And God allows certain things to, to make it to mature us, to strengthen us. And sometimes we're just not doing the right things, and he has to bring correction. And that's what we're talking about here in Hebrews chapter 12, verses 3 through 11. Let's just read it together because it's really encouraging to me because you may be thinking to yourself, well, I'm going through a, a real difficulty, and it, you think of it as a trial, but it's really just the Lord chastening you. So he says, For consider him, verse 3, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin, and you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. He says, My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord. He's quoting here from Proverbs. The chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him, for whom the Lord loves, he chastens, and he scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father doesn't chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who have corrected us, and we have paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us as seemed best to them, but he for our profit, that we may be partakers of his holiness. And I think we can relate to verse 11. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but it's painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained or exercised by it. Isn't it true that after the trial, remember as a child when you did something wrong and your mother or your father got a belt or a switch after you or whatever it was, or a spoon, a wood spoon, uh, whatever it was, they took it after you, and the terror was there before the actual execution of it, you know. But afterwards, there was this wonderful peace. Justice has been meted out. Now I can crawl back into the, 
the arms of my dad or my mom and they love me, right? That's the way the Lord is. But he doesn't do it just, just to punish you. He, 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 it's all about learning. God, we are all in the school of the Holy Spirit. What, what university did you graduate from? HGU, right? Holy Ghost University, right? And the Lord, that's just what he does. So don't be discouraged by it. Satan is the one who wants to destroy you, but God wants to preserve you alive that you might bear much fruit. And don't you want to bear fruit for the Lord? I want to bear fruit. I want to be one of those people. I want to be a light for him. Light has a purpose. Fruit has a purpose for other people to see, to be encouraged by, to say, who is this God that you serve? I got to know who he is because I tell you what, I'm trying everything and it's not working. I've tried Buddhism, Hinduism, Confucianism, whatever it may be, whatever ism it is. You can try all of them and you're going you're gonna to find yourself empty. Only Christ can give you life and that eternal life. And it is his life, the very life of Christ. Verse 3 of James there, it says, Knowing that the testing of your faith, it produces this endurance, this steadfast endurance. But let patience there, he says, have, it, have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And it's not being perfect in the sense of being perfect like God. It's speaking of maturity. As we go through these things, it matures us. We become mature. And I'll never forget this one day. <laughs> we were getting the roof put on this place. I think it was uh, 2000 and I think it was 2013. And the roofers had, uh, had all of this exposed. All of this silver galvanized sheeting that you see, this, that was all gone. <laughs> and they weren't expecting rain that day. But <laughs> it always happens, doesn't it? A flash rain came. I'll never forget it. <laughs> this place was filled with water. Rain was coming down on the platform. We had to, the soundboard. We, we had this thing. John Siegler made this thing. We could cover up the soundboard. We were covering up everything with sheets of plastic, getting the chairs, moving them out of the way. Getting, you know, we were running around like crazy. Water was coming down the walls in the fellowship hall, pouring down the walls. I'm not kidding. And I was losing my mind. And others who were here that day were losing their mind just like me. And we're running around, and Pastor Jeff walks in. And this is why I bring this up. This is the, and I'm not here to glorify him, but, I, but I'm saying that this patient endurance, it, it produces something. And I saw it that day. Because as we were running around, freaking out, he walks in, and he just kind of looks around. He, he's helpful, but he's not freaking out like I was. I was, you know, getting the 12-foot ladder and covering up lights and covering up these speakers of plastic and practically killing myself. And he's just walking around, putting a bucket down. Walks around, puts another bucket down. He looks around and moves something out of the way, just gentle, kind of just walking. And I'm just like, what is the matter with you? Can't you see we're in hell? (laughs) You know, thank God there's no fire, but, you know, it's, it's just as bad if it's, you know. So case in point, is that when you walk with the Lord long enough, that's what happens. That's the result of that work that God does. And I wasn't there yet, and I'm still not there. I'm not ashamed of it because you're not there either. (laughs) Some of you are getting close, right? 
And, and just to prove this, we're going to put a lighter up next to the fire thing, and all the sprinkler is going to go off. And let's see how you guys respond to that, right? Ah, everyone's freaking out. No, but that day I'll never forget, etched in my memory forever. But see, that was the result of the walk. That was the result of letting patience have its perfect work, the testing of the trials that were going on. That was the Lord stretching Pastor Jeff like a rubber band all those years and the things that he's been through, stretching him. And now there's very little that flaps him. He's unflappable. I've never seen him lose his mind. I hardly ever seen him cry. Saw him last Sunday, a little bit, falling apart. Very seldom have I seen that. Now, that, that, that's just everybody's different. But, but the way he responded that day when the water was coming down, it was, it was really remarkable. And I even told him that afterward. I said, I don't mean to puff you up or make you feel, you know, strange or anything. But, you know, I, just, I learned a great lesson that day. Because he wasn't expecting me to lose my mind. If I was to be as patient as he was, walking around slowly, you know, I mean, you, you do what you can, you know, you cover up things. But if we lose that speaker, you know, you just replace it. <laughs> right? Because I could slip off the ladder and break my neck and I think, well, I think I'm more valuable than that speaker. But, you know, you know so you get my point. And so that's, that's the real point of all of this. You know, and he, he goes on and he says, But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And we're going to stop there for now, because we're going to finish uh, the rest of this chapter and going onward next week. But I want to encourage you, when you fall into trials, and you know, we do, remember that it's for a purpose. It's a putting to the proof. Again, God knows. He knows what you're doing. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you're going to go through. And he's already given you grace to deal with whatever it is. I believe that when we are saved, when we're born again, that God gives us in that one single moment everything that we could possibly ever need. And it's just in germ form. It's very small and microscopic. Everything we need right there on the spot. And then as life happens, as circumstances come about, we find ourselves going through different things, and he's like, I've already placed it within you, just walk in it, you know, and you're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and I see Pastor Jeff that, that, that day that that happened, and I realize, yeah, all that grace was, you know, the grace of God working in his life, working in my life, working in your life. It's still just continuing. Isn't it great that we're, we're not cookie cutter? We're all on the same place. We're going to the same place. It's going to take time. It's going to hurt along the way. It's going to be joyful along the way. There's going to be a lot of great joys and a lot of great lows and everything in between. But you know you can trust the Lord. He's the, he's the God of the storm. He'll be with you in it. And you don't need to fear him. You don't need to fear what he's going to do to you because he is creating within you a steadfast endurance. He's proving you. Not that he needs to know the information you ever notice when Jesus asked, asked questions in the Bible to his disciples? It's not to gain information. He already knows. How do you deal with somebody like that? And after a while, I'd just say to the Lord, you know, the Lord would answer, if I was one of the disciples and the Lord had asked me a question, I'm like, you already know, Lord. He's like, yeah, I do. But do you know? Uh, I do now, <laughs> right? And so that's a good thing. That means you're a son. That means you're a daughter. That means he loves you. Because the Lord chastens those whom he loves. Chasten is just, he instructs you with the intention of loving on you. It's educational. It's not just 
pounding you for pounding's sake. It's like, I want to show you this. I want to teach you this. Yeah, it's hard, but I'm going to be with you through it. Hang in there. And thank God for the saints, all of us, when we go through stuff. You know, be that balm of Gilead for somebody else when they're going through something difficult. Go up to them, put your arm around them, say, you know what, I know you're going through a tough time. We need to do that more often. Honestly, because of our distraction, we get so busy we forget about people. And I'm guilty of that. I can be so caught up in my own little world that I forget about people. Make it a desire of your heart. Ask the Lord for that. Say, Lord, would you give me a heart that is not just... Do you ever get sick of just thinking about yourself? I do. And just ask the Lord to give you a different heart. Lord, give me a heart that loves people like you love them. Help me to step outside of my comfort zone to help somebody else, to give them a call. It may not seem like a big deal to you when you've got somebody going through something and you know they're going through something, and you think, well, what can be a phone call? You know, they're just going to, oh, my condolences, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you think that that's, you know, if your heart is that way, then you've got problems. But if you're really sincere and you say, you know what? I know you've just been diagnosed with this. And I know, actually, I don't know, but I know God is going to be with you. And just know that we're praying for you. We love you. If there's anything we can do for you, I mean it, call. And really mean it when you say it, or don't say it. And let's be the body of Christ to one another. Let's love each other the way we're supposed to love one another. Right? Let's do that. Let's stand. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for chapters like this. It does. It, it reminds us, Lord, that, we, that our citizenship is not of this earth, Lord. We know that ultimately our residence is in heaven, seated in Christ in heavenly places. We know that that's where we are going to be. And even now, mysteriously, seated in the heavenlies with Christ, as you said. Lord, we don't understand it, but we believe it by faith, because you've said it. Lord, you already see us completed. But Lord, we look at ourselves right now, and we see so much corruption. Lord, we see so much sin. We see so much pain. We see so much compromise. And yet, Lord, you're not angry with us. You love us greatly, Lord. In fact, that's why you went to the cross, Jesus, to pay the price. And not only pay the price, but to give us the hope of salvation, the down payment of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And then one day you will come and you will redeem us physically as you change our bodies in the twinkling of an eye. And forever we will be with you, Lord. So help us. Give us a steadfast endurance, Lord, in the days and the weeks that are ahead of us. Lord, that we wouldn't grow weary in well-doing, but, Lord, we would culture and nurture that relationship with you one-on-one, just you and I, just you and us, Lord. Lord, give us grace to see the, the, the rat's race and to pull out of it as often as we can and as much as we can and to be focused on only those things that you would have us to do, even at the expense of having people look at us and criticize us, family members, friends, who don't understand. Lord, even at at that expense, Lord, help us to not be manipulated by guilt and others' expectations of us. But, Lord, may our expectation be you, and may we only be concerned about what you have for us. Give us that grace, Lord, and give us strength as we go out today, Lord. Thank you for being with us. And thank you that you are the God of the impossible. 
You're the God who loves and the God who will see us through. In Jesus' name we pray. Unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of James. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office for ordering details. And that number again is 585-586-3140. You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things, such as information concerning our beliefs, ministry and contact information, our location and service times, and much more. You can even download the radio or sanctuary messages in MP3 format, free of charge, from the resources link. You can also listen to these messages on your mobile device by going to Calvary Chapel of Rochester on Google Play or Apple Podcasts. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you in your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until this same time tomorrow, This has been Truth in Christ.